comes. Oh my goodness. Kick and chase by Mullins. Kick and chase again by Mullins. Welcome back to the Racing in Sports Punters Pod, where we survey coercive sporting contests to seek out splendid wagering selections. Jimmy Buckley with you on this Thursday, October the 27th, in the midst of the T20 Cricket World Cup, which is well and truly underway now, meaning I am sat opposed to the great Ken Rutherford once more. Welcome, Ken. Yeah, g'day, James. How's it going, mate? Very, very well, thank you. And today's special guest, and Rudds, you keep outdoing yourself here, it must be said, an iconic left-arm quick who played 12 test matches for Australia, taking an even 50 wickets, an enthusiastic punter, an all-round good bloke, and one of the great characters of Australian sport, Doug Bollinger. Welcome to the podcast, mate. Good afternoon, guys. Thanks for having me. Anytime, mate. Pleasure to have you on. Uh, where do we find you, mate? You uh, you up the road in Sydney, are you? I am. I've, I just got home from uh, just got home from work, mate, and I've got to get the kids home. And then I'm speaking of cricket. I'm going to go help a young bloke try and learn how to bowl fast as a left-hander. So I've just been on YouTube and read a couple of books on how to do that. Ah, <laughs> uh, great to hear you're still involved there, Doug. That's fantastic. Um, we're obviously here talking cricket World Cup uh, of the T20 yep. variety, mate. What have you made of things so far? Oh, I think it's been pretty even, isn't it? It's been, um, I think it's been quite good. You know, you you see, you know, India, obviously India winning well the other night and, you know, Ireland beating England. And obviously it looks like Australia is really going to need to play well every game to at least make the final. So oh, it's been a good even even shootout, you know. Dougie, you, you play a lot of uh, T20 internationals for Australia and even more uh, matches in the IPL for Chennai. I mean... And that wasn't all that long ago, maybe a decade or, or so ago. I mean, in your mind, has the game of T20 itself evolved? Has it changed from the times that you had played? Oh, I don't know, mate. I don't. You know what? I don't think so because the game doesn't change. You know what I mean? It's just it's just how the, the shots, maybe some of the guys play, or or just how some people go about it. Like, you know, but one stage there was a lot of opening the bowling with spin. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Um, they, they thought opening the bowling was spin, and it worked. It worked for that certain time, but now it's gone back to, you know, getting your quicker bowlers in there, trying to get, trying to get your early wickets, trying to get your swinging the ball. Obviously, you know, it changes on grounds and situations, but mm. I don't think the games change. I just think guys' mentalities and, and shot making or bowling decisions kind of have to keep moving. They talk in terms of batting and T20s, Doug, uh, it being a 360-degree game and that you've, got to, you've got to be able to play uh, shots to any ball that's bowled to you all round the, the pitch, basically. In terms of bowling in those sort of situations, do you sort of look at your 24 deliveries you have to bowl in a four-over spell and sort of come up with a bit of a formula beforehand, or do you just sort of look at the batsman and make it up as you go? Oh, mate, I, I was kind of like just, yeah, keeping it simple. You know you've got to bowl. Uh, obviously, you know, each batter can get out each each way, but I reckon it's more on the wicket. Obviously, mm. if it's a slower wicket, you're going to use, your, you know, your slow balls more. If, if it's a faster wicket, you've got to obviously hit the wicket and bring your length back a bit. 
Um, I think it's just in that. Um, and I think your death bowling obviously goes on how the batter's going. So if they're hitting a lot of straight boundaries, you've got to go your wide Yorkers. Um, if, if they're, you know, if you're trying to cramp them up, you've got to maybe come around the wicket and bowl at the stump. So I think those, those one percenters that Mitchell Stark does very well. Remember, mm. he comes around the wicket, bowls at leg stump. Mm. Um, I, I think those one percenters are the best ones to just to really nail that can really put, even if you do it for probably it, oh, I reckon if you can get three dots of those out in the last, your last two or three overs, they're like gold, mate. You mentioned Mitchell Stark. What are your thoughts in terms of the bowling unit at the moment for the Aussies? Are they are they looking pretty good? They're looking good for mate, to your eye, mate. I reckon they're pretty good actually because they've got a lot of you know you've got Kane Richardson on the sideline. Mm. Um, you you know you've got Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins. You've got obviously Zamper. He just got COVID, didn't he? But he he's been phenomenal in phenomenal in one day in uh, you know cricket, but. I think there's plenty of quicks going around. I think it's just the, trying to get the formula right um, and just trying to get that whole match-ready game and just putting it all together. I'm, I'm waiting to see that because I'm, I know when it happens, Glenn Maxwell can be unbelievable. Um, I, I'm, I, I don't know why Steve Smith's not in the not in the team. I, I, I don't get it. He's had a couple mm. of games out. You know, if he's had to try something different or just take that break. But, you know, when it comes down to the crunch, Good players really come out on top, and I'm sorry to say he's one of those really good players. I guess if you talk about Smith playing in the playing eleven, he probably takes the place of Aaron Finch, doesn't he? Well, if you use one of your size and your bats from back in the day, Ken, <laughs> I a phenomenal player, don't you reckon? No, I mate, he is a very good player, Smith. Excellent player. You got you just missed my joke about the bat that you no, I used. Didn't, anyway. I didn't miss um, the joke. I I, I, I dodged that one, uh, Doug. No. <laughs> Uh, he, he's good, mate, and and that's you know, and if you can go to Stephen Smith sitting on the sideline, I think I think your team's going pretty good. I think it's just it's, it'd be very hard, you know. I'd like to be in that situation one situation one day and trying to be a selector, trying to, to trying to pick that team. But when you got someone like that caliber, and you know, Warner's missed a couple of games. If they're on your sideline, I think you're doing pretty well. But you look at the, you go to the Indian team and what Virat Kohli was doing the other night. That's that's not that's no fluke, mate. That's no. that's just pure class. And and as I said before, those good players. Guess what happens? They come out on the big times, don't they? It was that one shot Coley played, wasn't it? It was to me. That's correct. He just stood there and flat battled it straight back over the side screen, didn't he? The, the quick who's oh, bowled 140 yeah. kilometres an hour. You you can't do that. You just you can't do that. The bats I use, Dougie. <laughs> and, and I don't. <laughs> There's a couple of pine fence palings that are better than yours. Um, I, I don't. I don't think you can coach that either, can you, mate? I no, reckon for a, for a batter, do you reckon that's just pure instinct, mate, that's, or that's, that's just class? That's taking inst- the game on. That's instinct. That's class. That's genius. That's just exactly what you want to see, and especially on a big ground like the MCG, mm. um, you want to see those tight games. You don't want to see these teams, you know, getting bowled out for eighty and all that. You want to see these. High run scoring and, and and really tight game. It's a, an intriguing futures market at this point, and Virat Kohli mentioned there he seems to have a bit of a glint in his eye so far. Uh, you know that they've certainly come to play. Uh, Doug, I'm keen to hear your opinion on the team to beat at this point. Uh, the Aussies, I guess, bounced back against Sri Lanka. India, very, very impressive against Pakistan. But then New Zealand... 
big, big win at the SCG against Australia, but then missed the points due to the weather last night. Uh, in England, another one of the pre-tournament favourites, I suppose, they get rolled over by Ireland. Where do you where do you think it all sits, Doug? Oh, mate, it'd be hard to go past India, wouldn't it? Um, it it's just such a confident, confident team, confident group. Not saying Australia, I think Australia and England, you know, Australia, England, New Zealand, they're always thereabouts, but it'd be good to see, but, you know, Australia has to win every game to make the final, which can be tough. Uh, they play England this week, I think on Friday, don't they? Yeah. Mm. And same, same, as, same as England, mate. They, they look like they've got to win nearly every game as well, but you'd think that the front runners are, uh, are India, and I think, you know, it's a slight chance maybe for someone like Pakistan or something like that, but you'd think the other three, England, New Zealand, Australia, they, they, one of those three fighting out for the place in the final. I may be wrong, but you look at how India have started and good wickets, good crowds, you know, you can only feed off that, can't you? It's going to be an interesting game tomorrow night, guys, isn't it? Uh, Australia versus England. It's That MCG pitch, Doug, last week, India v Pakistan, we touched on it. it. It did quite a bit early on with the new ball. I know the new ball in the T20s is it's a vital time for the batsmen with uh, the over the fielding restrictions, the first six overs, to take advantage. But, boy, there's an element of survival in those first five or six overs, the way that ball's going around the MCG. Oh, mate, it's brilliant to watch, isn't it? Oh, I agree. Oh, even uh, the other day against England Island, like the ball seemed it swung, and the, the ball moved, and you, it, I love seeing that. Being mm. quick, obviously, you want to see the movement, but when it's just flat and dead, it, it, it gets a bit monotonous, doesn't it? So it's mm. actually good to see a bit of a bit of a fight, you know, between bat and ball. It makes the game interesting. It probably makes a toss of the coin quite important too. I'm looking look at the odds for tomorrow night's game around dollar eighty six Australia. Uh, England around two dollars, about dollar ninety eight. So it's an even game, but those odds would swing around if England won the toss and got to bat second, bowled first. So um, perhaps punters have to wait till half an hour before the game and get a get an idea of who actually wins the toss. Because I get the feeling it's quite an advantage to bat second. Well, yeah, exactly right, and and it's not coming down to uh, we're just going to bowl first and back the wicket and back our batters. You know. You, it's good to get to the toss. You got to think about it. Say, oh, do we bowl first? Obviously, to to if it is if it is a bit softer and maybe a bit mm. slower, you can new ball and use the wicket. And yeah, and that's where, especially on a, a big square ground like the MCG, your spinners come into play because you just want them hitting to the square boundary. Um, so I, I think that's that's great to see. Um, whether it's turning up and then it's just a road and you go, we're going to bat first and belt it. You know. Here's a hypothetical for you, Doug. Tell me. You're running into bowl to Joss Butler and Alex Hales. What are your thoughts? Where, where are you going to bowl them, mate? I am going to bowl top of the knee roll and get LBWs, or I'm going to get the ball right up there, swinging back, and maybe get a bold or a caught behind. You're going to get the ball right up to the right-hander, swinging back. Well, that would be a first, wouldn't it? You got to go across the right-hander, didn't you? Oh, uh, yeah, but, you know, I'm going back to when I was 21 or 22 <laughs> when my, I was a little bit thinner. <laughs> and a little bit more agile, Kenneth. But, um, but no, it's, it's good. It's good to see, and it's good to watch it, mate. But it's, it's also good to see, you know, like yourself, mate. It's actually good to see the game from outside the circle when you've been away from it. You know, you, you get absorbed by it so much with so many different games, and you go, you got three codes that you pay attention to. It's actually good to stop and look back on the game on TV and that, and just think, wow, it's, you can read the game a lot differently, can't you? Absolutely. 
I've got another six hundred wickets player watching on the on the runs, mate. Easy. Easy. Yeah, you probably backed another six hundred winners, which uh, didn't win either, big fella, eh? Yeah, I won back, and them. They're just going on. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, while we've got you, do you have any any selections, tips, or otherwise for the punters heading into Derby Day? Oh, Derby Day. Oh, well, Melbourne Cup. I like realm of, realm of flowers. Yeah. I don't mind that. I don't mind Real McLeod's and Derby Day. It's, as they say, it's the grand final with a lot of horses in it. That's one place I want to go is Flemington. Apparently, it's a beautiful place to go. But I, I, I honestly think that's sharp and smart. I think with J-Mac on it, oh, it's going to be hard to beat, isn't it? And it's who else, isn't it, Kenneth? Yeah, and do yourself a favour, Douglas, and uh, listen to Graham Rogerson, its trainer, talk up its chances. I mean, he doesn't hold back, Roggie. He's, uh, he's pretty <laughs> full of it. He's... Mind you, I think, to be fair to Roger, he'd label this horse to win the Spring Champion Stakes, which he which it did last week, at, into the VRC Derby. He'd label that back in June when, when the horse campaigned in Brisbane. So he's proved to be correct at the moment. He reckons it's one of the best horses he ever had. He's had a lot of good horses. Yeah, obviously, Savabeel won the Cox Plate about 15, 20 years ago, and a host of others. And I, you know what? It's, it's hard to go. The, the Godolphins, they're just flying at the moment. I think it's called Pericles. Yeah, number, in, the, number in, the, in the derby. Uh, yep, correct. At the moment, it's, it's going to be a good day. A lot of um, I'll have to. I think I'll have to do a lot more chores around the house and all that because I've got Friday, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, next Saturday. So, <laughs> could be washing the cars a couple of times. <laughs> so the lawn. Doing the cows, so the lawns. Are, myself, the l- guys, been collecting the cans and bottles to get all the money. So I might have to <laughs> just take a few of them around. <laughs> do, you, do your kids do that for you too? Do they? Yeah, we do that for Sky because she's thirteen now. She, you know, she wants yeah. the phone, and we only do that just to get her to, you know, get that earning money and you know what you do with it and how to save it and all that. It, it's a good, it's a good learning curve for her. Yeah, great stuff. Ah, very good, Doug. Look, mate, thank you very much for joining us here on the Racing and Sports Punters Pod. You are certainly welcome back any time. And uh, enjoy this afternoon, mate. Like I say at the start, there, good to see that uh, that you're out there. Still coaching the next generation of uh, of young left arm quicks. You're right, and I'm doing a fine job of it too, guys. <laughs> <laughs> good, on, good on you, mate. Enjoy enjoy the rest of your week, mate, and enjoy uh, Derby Day. Thanks, guys. Have a great one. Cheers, Dougie. Thanks, mate. Rudd's just a few bets for the punters, I suppose, ahead of this Australia-England game tomorrow, which could well spell the end of the tournament for whoever comes out the wrong side of that. Uh, just having a look at the Australia top-run scorer market here, David Warner, $3.50 favourite. No surprises there. Mitch Marsh, $4.00. Glenn Maxwell, $5.00. Aaron Finch, $6.00. And Marcus Stoinis hitting them very well at the moment at $8.50. Well, I've got a theory. With, with the pitch perhaps favouring the bowlers, in particular up front, might be difficult for the likes of Warner and the other opening batsman, Finch and, and Marsh, if he bats at three. I've got a feeling some of the middle order at some good value money could uh, could top score. We saw Stoinis get amongst them at, against Sri Lanka at Perth. Um, he's at around $9, 8-1 to one, to be the top run scorer tomorrow night, Friday. Uh, but even someone like Tim David, he can smash a few at 13s. Matthew Wade at around $18. I know he's a bit Lower in the audience, obviously you're, you're pretty keen on there being a bit of a collapse up front, which as Australians you probably don't want to see, but uh, we're talking punting here, and, and Maxwell as well at around $7, he bets at normally about number four. So perhaps one of those value selections in the middle, middle order, James. Yeah, it's not a bad shout, actually, and if we apply the same logic to the England side, uh, Joss Butler there, $3.60 favourite as top run scorer. 
But when you do get down toward the middle order, Ben Stokes, $6, Harry Brook, $9, and even Liam Livingston or Moeen Ali, uh, both at $13 apiece. I'll tell you, I've seen a bit of Harry Brook. I watched a bit of the uh, county stuff last couple of years coming from the UK, and he can play. He's a serious player, that fellow. And uh, at around that $9 mark, as you said, he could be worthwhile throwing a tenner on at that price. He normally comes in about number five in the order. He's one of those guys who doesn't need any sighters. It's, 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 it's a marvel to see these guys coming right from ball one and smash it you know, fully straight to the boundary, four sixes all over the place. And Harry Brooks, one of those guys. He's, he's a natural player, great striker of the ball. He can get amongst them, as could uh, Living, uh, Livingston, Liam Livingston. He, he goes pretty good too. Hazelwood in the bowling market would be someone I'd be pretty keen on too. I can't, haven't quite got... Well, he is to get the most wickets. Here is here, wicket-taker markets. Australia, top wicket-taker. Hazel Woods at around $4. That'd be, he'd be a sort of guy up front. If there, if there are wickets to be had, you'll take advantage of, of, this, of the circumstances and a potential, potentially moist pitch tomorrow night at MCG. So we'll take uh, Josh Hazelwood leading Australian wicket-taker. $3.50 with Ned. He was the leading Australian wicket-taker last night with about four of his teammates. So yeah. They haven't got one apiece. Right, yeah, there might have been a run out... Uh, uh, and a bit of value too on, on those batting markets. Why not uh, just have a little throw at the stumps? Marcus Stoinis, $8.50, top run scorer for Australia, and Tim David, $11, banking on the fact that there may be early wickets and applying that same theory to the English team, $9 Harry Brook and $13 Liam Livingston to be the top English run scorer. I think that'll do us, Ruds, just quickly, mate. Uh, bit of a shame, I suppose, that your boys didn't get on last night. Yeah, it is, and obviously it comes knockout almost from a from long way out now. Every game has to be won, and there'll be concerns also around net run, run rates and that kind of thing, so I'm sure New Zealand would have backed themselves to, to beat Afghanistan. Certainly the bookies did, they were about about twenty odds to, to win last night, so they missed out on that. And Let's just hope that the, the weather's not a continuing factor in this tournament, because at the moment it, it has been a considerable factor. It's... Uh, we saw the game the other night was played in horrendous conditions down in Hobart where there was five overs aside against uh, between South Africa and Zimbabwe and quite rightly the game was called off. I mean, watching that it was just atrocious conditions and they were still trying to play in the rain. So uh, let's hope the weather isn't the, the talking point of the tournament as it, as it continues on. This Saturday, Golden Eagle Day at Rose Hill and Racing and Sports uh, in conjunction with the Australian Turf Club will be doing the punters podium again and very happy to announce that recently retired Canberra Raider, Sam Williams, will be with us on track. Yeah, he will be. Sam, you'll be there uh, drumming up some real support for the big punters podium day there on uh, Saturday at Rose Hill. And uh, he'll be joining yourself. And yep. Alex Stevens going along as well, isn't it? I'll be joining Simon Dinopoulos on track at Ramwick on Melbourne Cup Day for the for the big day there. So, gee, I looked at the Golden Eagle field. It's a terrific field. Um, talking to Gary Crisp, our founder before, very keen on light infantry, the uh, the raider from Europe, who's come over here for the one race. He's at around five to one, six dollars. So have a wee slice of that action. But if you are, go, are going to be on track at Rose Hill on Saturday, everyone get down and see the punters' podium. I think it's around the bet- betting ring. I think it yeah, is the old betting ring. ring. I think the old betting ring at Rose Hill. It's only ten dollars to to participate to get on board, and you can certainly buy as many tickets as you like. Thank you, Ken. And thank you once more for uh, teeing up the great Doug Bollinger for a chat here on the Racing and Sports Punters pod. We will speak with your good self again next week. And until then, happy punting.